Hello and you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Me Chronicle Sports Podcast, Talk A Good Game. Uh, you can hear a little bit of talking going on already there in the background. Uh, it's not as if the, our guests today, our two guests today with us aren't used to podcasts. So, talking while the intro's been done, Mr. Kieran Flynn of the We Are Me podcast, you're very welcome to our humble abode. That's great to be here. I was just testing me, Mike. Testing me once. All right. Yeah, you're a testing man. All right. And we are also joined. Uh, Kieran, of course, is the Mead PRO, and we are also joined by the Leinster and Mead hurling PRO, Martin O'Halloran. Martin, very welcome. Great to be here, Fergal, and I just want to say well done to Kieran. I'm lining himself up for the Movember. I see the beard and all his gone since last night. So looking very well there this morning, Kieran. He did. He looked. He was well. He was well clean shaven. All right. He looked like somebody that was uh, maybe out throwing bangers and and flashers and the whole lot last night. And now he's incognito by shaving off the beard. Uh, well, I couldn't possibly comment on the different appearance changes, but it, I think it's a good cause, Movember. So hopefully, any of the listeners might support Movember in general. If not, they can support me on the Twitter. Yeah, very good, Kieran. No problem. Uh, and just while we're uh, singing your praises here, Kieran, I just want to sing your praises as well. I know that we're in a small room here, and hopefully by the time we're finished, you'll be able to get your head out the door. But you did a great job on the program for the senior football, intermediate football, and and all the finals that were on. And you really must be commended. It was uh, 120 or maybe more pages. Uh, how many pages was it? 132 pages in the, of a program. It's great work and, you know, quantity is one thing, but quality is something else and uh, it really is a high quality publication and anybody that has it, I'm sure there might be still a few around. Um, I know you have Martin sitting to your left hand side there, he'd be a, a man that might be uh, on a judging panel for picking programmes of the year at some stage, but you'd certainly have to be in the running for one there, it was a brilliant publication and well done. Yeah, I appreciate all the kind words and... Certainly it comes to Martin was Piero before me in, in County Mead and he's got a fairly uh, fairly full trophy cabinet so I'm just trying to emulate him and I've tried to pick up a few of his tricks along the way so I'm trying to learn from the best. Well Martin as you know you have you're a McNamee award winner and you've won the uh, the Leinster one as well a couple of times as uh, so you know what it takes or you know a good programme when you see one and you'd have to say that the one that Kieran and his team put together last week was top class. Yeah it certainly was uh, Fergal. Uh, like all the p- programmes right across the province, people don't realise the hard work. And you've only got a, such a short window to produce the programme um, for your county final. Semi-finals are two weeks before the final, so you have to uh, source your information uh, within that uh, window and that time frame. And, you know, it was an excellent publication, as was the Hurland final programme this year. It was the finest I've seen in the county. So it's progress along the way. Yeah, there were uh, programs that were worthy of some good games as well over the weekend. Um, as as you can tell by 132 pages of a program, it was obviously a jam packed weekend. Uh, mainly football. We've hurling coming up next again. We'll just have a quick look at that later on in the podcast. But a busy weekend on the football. I suppose the weekend started with hurling, Martin, with your own club, Ratmaline, involved in the A League Division Three, A hurling League Division Three final against Kildalki. Uh, a disappointing result for your own lads, but you know it's, it, it, there's progress there for Ratmaline, and you can see there's, there's green shoots that maybe maybe they could be on the way back. When was it, 2004, they last won the senior hurling? Would that be right? 2006, for 2006, doing is an injustice mm. there, yeah. But uh, an interesting game last Friday night. Well, it seems so long ago, 2006, 
and you know Friday night was uh, you know it was an interesting game um, the, the fixture calendar uh, means these games are being played of a Friday night that's not the perfect situation for anybody and you have to admire Kildalki they were only involved in the county final uh, replay only three or four days earlier to that to put out a very very strong team um, and I think that a lot of young lads uh, Rapid Line have we might learn from us and hopefully um, we can go on and maybe get promoters out of that and have a good run in the intermediate last year Rapid Line Hurling Club has had a relatively good year we got to the quarter final uh, lost to uh, Gail Column Kill in Kildalki in the quarter final uh, our minors were also involved in, in uh, a game against Navin O'Mahony stroke Wolf Tones so you know no silverware but at least progress is on the way Kieran, you uh as you said, you're you're involved with the We Are Mead podcast, our our brother or sister or husband or wife podcast, as we like to call them. Uh, strange, it's <laughs> strange. I know, no, not at all. No, but strange, sorry, strange, not as strange. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's all there for the promotion of, of the games, and uh, we've had I've had uh, Mickey Brennan on our on our show before, live from Crow Park when we did one. I've had uh, Brian Kelly has been on with us and Davy Risman has been on with us. So you're the last of the We Are Mead boys and you're very welcome, as I said, into our humble abode here. But the, the best for last. Save the best. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So we looking at the action on Saturday, the junior football final finished uh, 1-8 each between Moila and Clana Gale. Probably no point in looking back too much on that game. Um, wasn't a great game of football by any stretch of the imagination, but... Uh, both sides had their opportunities to win it but it went to a replay last Wednesday night um, in Ashburn I didn't get to it so what what type of game was it it was it obviously couldn't have been much couldn't have been much worse than the original game but uh, I believe it was a decent enough encounter yeah the definitely the the style of play was much different the Clonagale team came out straight away with way more expansive attacking style uh, didn't change too much only they were forced into two big changes uh, John Farrell, the centre back, and David Dunnick, the wing back, were were pulled in, and Michael Priest, corner forward, was taken off as well. So the the changes brought Derek Griffin, the centre back, and he got the man the match award pretty much from most of the plaudits there. And they just the Clonagale team, they probably play a very frustrating game on the defensive side, where they they do pack the defence, and they very much invite the opposition onto them, and that probably led to much of the stalemate in the first game, and. In this game, it wasn't much different from the Moyla point of attack. They had a few goal chances. There was a kind of a bit of volleyball at one stage where there was kind of slapping the ball over and back. And Moyla probably just lacked the kind of clinical touch just to score the goal, maybe that Clonagale did. And I think the Clonagale forwards probably, if people were talking about beforehand saying if it was on paper, Clonagale would be convincing winners. And they probably weren't convincing and totally outright, but. They were very much the deserving winners, and it was a, a way more entertaining game to watch as a spectator. Yeah, so, so it, it was a three-eight to one-nine victory on Wednesday night um, over Moila, and it's been a, a hectic schedule for Clannagale. Again, we'll we'll just drop back into looking at the hurling. They've uh, they qualified one won their first round game in the Leinster Junior Club hurling, beating Minute uh, in the first round, and they've a busy weekend again. Martin, they're out in action uh, against Cullion, I think, from Westmead in Trim on Sunday or on Saturday I believe at 12.30 so uh, it's been a busy a busy few days for I think there's 11 players on the panel altogether yeah and like uh, you were talking about um, 
you were talking about the other night, uh, I was at the replay myself, and uh, it seems every time I see uh, Clonagale, both in hurling and football, they're a very young team and they're improving with every game. So I think there's a big future ahead with them. Yes, the Leinster Championship starts on Saturday in Trim. Well, actually, as as you said already, it's not actually starts for them. Yeah. It's their, it's their quarterfinal game. And, uh, you know, I certainly think they'll, on the evidence of what I've seen in their intermediate, they were definitely the best team in the intermediate hurling championship in Mead this year. And they can go a long way in that particular competition. Well, winning certainly helps. So when they've, they've built up a win and run, and I know they're di- across the codes, it's certainly, it, as we said before, rising tide lifts all boats. So when there's success across the codes in the club, it'll certainly give them a boost. So it should boost weary legs or weary limbs going into it. What is, what for a lot of the lads, could be their fifth game in, in five or six weeks. Absolutely, Fergal. Uh, as you said, winning games, that's what it's all about. And I'm sure the lads are even looking forward uh, to the game this weekend. Then Leinster uh, football the following weekend. And if they win on Saturday, then they'll be out again the weekend after that in the semi-final. So, uh, look, at everything to play for, but as you said, when they're winning trophies, you don't mind. You don't mind. There was, a, as you said, that junior football final, the original game was the curtain raiser to the intermediate football final. We'll try not to dwell too long on this one uh, for personal reasons. Uh, Nobber getting the better of Trim by 4 16 to 13 points. And we'll move on quickly. Just one (laughs) footnote to that. I I want to say well done to CJ Murtis for that lovely jersey that he sold. He really did fit well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that that jersey has come in for a lot of abuse, all right. I don't think it was the jersey's fault, though. Let's just put it that way. Um, Kieran Nobber didn't put a foot wrong in that intermediate football final. They really were outstanding. As we said, 4.16 to 13 points. Got off to a great start, a couple of early goals. And Trim played really well for about 20 minutes in the first half to get the deficit back to two points. But conceding 1-1 in first half injury time really was a platform, or the undoing of Trim and the platform for Nobber to kick on. Absolutely. And probably one thing, um, you probably should preface every game with what conditions were they played under. That's kind of similar to the junior final, the, the first year round, that it was quite a blustery day. And it probably did lead to slightly bit of a game of two halves, the old kind of adage and cliche. But the the Nobber lads really impacted best probably to it, and they really reacted. They probably, as you said, didn't put a foot wrong. There was very few wides on their end. Brian Farrell, Jordy Morris, like Jordy Morris, I think got two six. Uh, Brian Farrell got one six, I think as well. So it just shows you the kind of scoring that they're doing was lethal, and pretty much the only forward that did real damage to the trim or sorry to the Nobber defence was Aaron Lynch who got six I think he got four frees yeah and a 45 yeah so he's only so really Douglas who was lethal all year didn't score you know like it did, they probably got some of their their back scored like coming up the field you know and that's probably the difference the likes of uh, Paul Munley and that coming up the field and scoring rather than Nobber they did all their scoring on the lethal inside forward line which... yeah well no, none of the trim players managed uh, to get more than one score from play, you know, Aaron Lynch got a point, Daryl Lynch, Paul Munley, Rob Burke, James Thor, Kieran O'Rourke, Brian Dowling, Owen McGrath, all one point from play each, whereas, as you said, Jordan Morris, uh, 2-6, and Brian Farr, 1-6, so 3-12 between the two inside forwards. Trim were a little bit naive in leaving their, their full-back line a bit exposed against two highly rated and excellent finishers, such as Jordan Morris and Brian Farrell. Yeah, there, there wasn't much of a kind of we compared to like Clonagail who brought everyone back. Trim were playing relatively with one sweeper, 
and that was pretty much maybe just the other wing back kind of coming across. There wasn't really a dedicated uh, sweeper in front of each forward. So Jordan Morris and Brian Farrell, even Niall Farrell, they were able to get on the ball. Sean Mead, they were able to win first time possession out in front, one bounce pass. Like that's lethal for any forward. If if they're running a pace onto one bounce a one bounce pass, they'll clean you, and that's what they did. Like so, I'm not saying that Trim necessarily need to flood the defence with players, but maybe just one or two more. They were probably, as you said, slightly naive, and they probably were trying to go toe to toe with them yeah. forwards. But Nobber didn't really do that. They did have a bit more back they had a bit more steel determination back there and I think maybe at the end of the day the forwards for Nobber were just brilliant I think if you put sweepers in I don't think it would have made much of a difference on the day Morris and Farrell were having yeah I don't think I think for all the plan and trim might have have done in the build up to the final I don't think they could have planned for how well Nobber did play they really were excellent uh, Thomas Murta in midfield for me just as good as Jordan Morris and, and Sean Mead and Brian Farrell were 45 years of age yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just as, as as good as the three inside forwards were Thomas Murta was unbelievable in midfield for, for Nobber and, yeah, and Heffernan in the back line was excellent too carrying the ball yeah, yeah. So they just had threats, and everything went well for them. Whereas nothing really went well for Trim. At, and you would like to think it's a young enough Trim team that they will bounce back. But I, I was looking back at the nineteen ninety seven match report for Trim and Amani's, and reading Davy Nelson's uh, post match quotes that day, and he was saying after Amani's had beaten Trim in ninety seven, and he was saying, "Oh, this Trim team will be back, and they'll be winning soon enough." But it's fifty seven years since Trim have won a, a first team has won an adult title, uh, a championship, be it senior or intermediate. They went down out of senior in 2012 um, and ha- lost in the FINA the following year in the intermediate final and haven't won a Keegan Cup since 1962, haven't won a Jubilee Cup since 2001, I think. So it's 18 years going into 19 years since they won a Jubilee Cup. So it's a long time for a big club like that to be without a championship success for their first adult team. Kieran, yeah, I think, sorry. Yeah, no, I think... As well, they haven't been great at minor football. And I think the minor hurling now is a different story. They, they have a lot of underage success in hurling. But they haven't had a lot of success in underage football. So you wouldn't be saying the likes of Bertoth, like for example, would they have a conveyor belt of talent that's come through and the Keegan Cup was pretty much, had to be had to be accomplished sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I just, uh, Trim have won under-16 championships. That Robert Burke was part of an under-16 championship, captain of the un- yeah, no, when Trim won an under-16. Yeah, the referee that final part actually. Yeah, that yeah. was only one, though. They haven't done and they're that. in the minor shield final. I know it's only the shield, but they were unlucky against Screen, I think, in the minor championship this year. Um, and they're in the minor shield final. I beat Dunhamore Ashburn uh, last night, and they're playing Retote in the minor Division 1 Shield final uh, is coming up soon as well. So there are players coming through, so hopefully they will eventually bridge. The, the reality is you want to take maybe two to three players off every team. Yeah. Like winning a minor, winning under 60, winning under 40 won't necessarily get you a great adult team. You want to take players out of it. Like the, the likes of the Hurling, obviously, you're expecting Trim to really, like they, won, they went to five failures in a row, you're expecting them to, they've won a few minors now as well in a row and in, yeah. in, in the space of time of five or six years. So the hurling, I wouldn't be as concerned. Football, I think with the three teams coming back from senior, they mightn't exactly be maybe lethal kingpins of football and mead, the three teams coming down, Rakenny, Longwood and St. Pat's. But at the same time, it's now a 20-team intermediate. It just makes it harder to win. Yeah, yeah. It'll be 19 t- teams trying to stop you. Be tougher again. Um, and Nobber coming up into the senior, I suppose their their aspirations are going to be to try and catch the likes of Ratoth and Summerhill, who will... I contested the senior final on Sunday. Um, 
probably didn't go according to most people's plan either in the fact that I know there was only five points in it in the end, but Retoats were 10 points clear heading into injury time and were full value for that 10 points, Martin. They, they were very impressive, weren't they, uh, Retoats? Uh, Last Sunday, Retoats were excellent. And again, as you said, this is a team that has been coming together for the last six or seven years, uh, underage, uh, junior, intermediate and, and now senior. And have a, a good, a very strong panel. Now we know why, you know, used to hear why have they five or six uh, players on the county team. We now know why. And, you know, there are others who we've seen last week who are potential uh, to be on the county team. But I would like to say, and, you know, the decade is near over. Uh, Summerhill have very nearly been the team of the decade um, in um, County Mead. How many finals have they played in? They come back year after year, you know, they work very hard. A lot of their players are dual players. You know, and uh, I want to give great credit. I know a lot of retort uh, players are, are dual as well. They also they had a good year in Ireland. But Summerhill, you know, they don't have the massive populations maybe of the bigger towns. And, you know, they work hard there. Uh, they have a great club, great uh, ethic. And, you know, even though they were slightly outclassed last week, they weren't met by too much in the finish. No, and they've won, they won senior in 2011, 2013 mm. and have been in the finals in 17, 18 and 19 and they've won minor titles in that time as well. So it's it's unbelievable to think a, a parish that's so small how they just consistently produce top-class footballers and perform, get the best out of them to perform at that senior level. But unfortunately, on Sunday, they just didn't perform. They got off to their customary great start with Kevin Ryan's goal after just 18 seconds. But really the turning in the game, and it happened so early in the game, was for Retote to be able to go down the field. They won a 45, and from that 45, won a penalty. Um, which I know from talking to some of the Summerhill people afterwards, that was a real hammer blow to have taken the lead with such a, an early goal, but then to cough it up so easily within a couple of minutes. I feel as if, myself, if the game had gone on five, ten minutes and Summerhill had tagged on another point or two onto that penalty goal, it would have asked more serious questions of Retote. But the fact that they got that goal back so quick, they, for, their nerves went out the window straight away. Yeah, well, you could say that, you could argue that, but I just think that's, uh, that an awful lot of quality footballers have played quality football to get up for that particular score. You know, they immediately responded, got another score, and after... After be after a minute where there were a goal down, after two minutes they were winning by a point, yeah. you know, and, and that probably uh, set the tone for them. But if some incredibly high quality footballers go through the whole team, you know, high quality footballers, the goalkeeper, full back, uh, Conor McGill, what a season he's had. Yeah, nominated for an all star tonight you know, as well. Yeah, hopefully he gets it too. Um, the McGowans. You know, those brothers, they're all young men, very young men. And what can we say about the two Wallaces? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're fast. They're fast. Well, that's you could, you <laughs> could say that. Yeah, and, and, say that. And they're fairly accurate as well. <laughs> you uh, know, that's an incredible performance by them. And there were other players as well put in huge shifts. But, you know, where where it's good for football, course is great. The first time to have a new name on the, on the Keegan Cup. Sure, that's, that's great for football. It's all over the county, you know. Football, we need more and more uh, new names on the Keegan Cup. You know, what about Dunsany in a few years' time? But look, I know I'm stretching it there. Yeah, but, yeah. But the, re- <laughs> the reality of it, of, of it is, uh, Retote have been there and for the last number of years they've been building a team and this is uh, payback for all that hard work and congratulations to them. 
Yeah, well, just when you say about needing new names on the Keegan Cup, there actually have been a lot of new names, in, especially probably in this decade, as you said, with Retote, but Simonstown getting onto it there as well. And we've had uh, plenty of, of new names added in, in recent years. Um, I think the, the 80s was the only time, the only decade in recent time, that a new name wasn't added to the Keegan Cup. So, as you said, it's it represents a shift of power maybe to that uh, east side of Mead with when you see Ratoats doing so well at, at minor and then now reaping the rewards at senior. You see St. Colm Kills winning the minor championship against Summerhill. It was a, a bad day at the office for Summerhill on Sunday um, with St. Colm Kills winning the minor as well. And of course, Dunmore Ashburn have had a bit of success at senior level as well recently. So there seems to be a power shift towards that end of the county, Kieran, and, and it's no surprise that that's the area of the county with the growing population and uh, getting some great coaching there as well and they're, they're reaping the rewards now. Yeah, I'd say we're just coming into that stage now where, uh, just say, my underage teams, for example, would have seen St. Martin's being one of the best teams and we're told they were the Division One kingpins. But, for example, the Navin and and Simonson Gales and all had dropped down at that stage. They were nearly, like I know a few years ago, Simonson and Mackney's gave weren't able to field in Division One, for example, and there was a lot of kind of problems happening in some of the towns, the traditional base and bastions of football and mead. But you can do very much a chart if you go up to all the way up to South Drogheda and you swing basically along the coast, along the Dublin border, all the way down to Nafina, the whole way along there. You you're seeing basically the vast majority of the children in the county are playing there. So there's nearly, for example, St Colum Kills would put in three to four teams at a, at our underages. They're putting in two minor teams. Which is, a, which is a great feat. And, and, I think and getting to the finals of both yeah. of both their grades. An early bet ban lock from reading the match report, yeah. Susan Farrell did. And it's, it's interesting to see that there's some clubs not able to field and there's a lot of kind of independent teams being created. Like, for example, it looks like Innie Gales, for example, wouldn't be able to field next year at under-14 level, potentially. Or that's kind of... The, it depends on what grades we're going to go with next year. So you've got one pocket of the county that can barely field while you probably got a situation in some parishes that there's maybe maybe not a new club, but there's a necessity for maybe even another underage setup or something that can... Like, everyone loves playing for the first team, but not too many people want to maybe play in the D team. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably a, a thing that has to be discussed going forward. Regional teams has been a discussion, and that'll be a tournament next year at that level to see will the regions work maybe that some of these smaller areas can come together to take on the, the massive population areas. Yeah, well, uh, I know when we talk about small areas and the success they've had, and we, we've mentioned that Summerhill getting to three county finals in a row, but uh, but losing them has been heartbreaking. And I spoke to Declan McCabe after the game, and uh, we put that to him from, from the off, just, you know, how disappointed was he to, to lose a third county final in a row. So we'll just have a quick listen to what Declan McCabe had to say here. Well, I suppose after losing that one, uh, you're thinking of that game only, so you don't you don't mm. think back two years. But I suppose for players, it's probably a bit of uh, here we go again. Maybe it's it's that's what's that's what's going through their heads. But um, um, you know, on the day, the best the best team won. There's no there's no doubt about that. And I told them that after the game, uh, they deserved to win. They got uh, this, they they came back well from a bad from a very bad start early on, but uh, they quickly put it right, and they were they, they always seem to be sharper all day long. And a seriously talented forward line as well. Like, it was probably always going to be a job to contain them. Yeah, I mean, Rathout, Rathout, I mean, to get to a county final was long overdue for them. And um, th- those players that you refer to, you know, they're, these are county players that have been, they've tested the best of backs around the country for the last uh, seven or eight years. And so, so uh, 
you know, they, they, uh, they did well today and, 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 and we found it hard to contain them, you're right. When they, when they got, sorry, when you got your goal then, was, was it really disappointing? It was a real setback to concede the penalty so quick and, and let them back at you straight away. That must have been nearly the most frustrating part of it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose we're over-eager to get that block. We got a block on the ball and I'm not sure what happened then. And, and, and that, um, I suppose it's, it's fair to say if you can, if you can uh, keep stability to it you know, for, for, for a number of minutes after, after scoring a goal, then, then it's, it sets you up better. Yeah, so we would be disappointed. Uh, players would be disappointed that, that they managed to get a, a goal back so quickly uh, to, to uh, I guess, to iron out or, or to get rid of what was a great start for us. What other parts of the game, Declan, didn't reach the standards that you would have expected? To? Like you, there was times we, we spoke about it up in the press box that you dominated midfield and you looked strong and you just couldn't get the, get the scores. Yeah, we right. just, um, I don't know, uh, I mean, you know, we'll credit them. Uh, we just, we seem to, to, to make it, to, to maybe take too many, too many individual runs, maybe in, Maybe there weren't options for that person, but we weren't giving it quick enough. I felt all through, and, and it was giving them a chance to get back when we had broken from the middle. Um, it was giving them a chance to get back, and, and, and uh, you know, even even runs inside, we weren't. Uh, I don't know the word. There were uh, we looked flat-footed all day um, through the field, and, and uh, we just didn't capitalise on some dominance that we had in the middle there. You are a young group, um, as we spoke in the lead up to it as well, and I suppose losing three in a row can affect players in a different way but they've come back from, from adversity before and their setbacks before you'd expect them to do that again yeah you know um, this is this is tough just after the game and there'll be a couple of tough days maybe a couple of tough weeks but uh, as I said to the players inside you'll, you'll, uh, you'll play football again um, the age portal will say so and, and uh, whether it's whether it's with your with your colleges or, or, or in some cases county teams or whatever sure and uh, you know these players will bounce back from that and they'll look back and say and the 2019 final wasn't good um, and in years to come it's a, it'll be a blip on what's, what promises to be a long career for most of those lads in there. Was it frustrating that Ross got the goal there in injury time Did you got a couple of points and even another chance after it was nearly kind of it was obviously too little too late at that stage? Yeah I mean uh, I suppose uh, it was uh, we were throwing caution to the wind then and maybe maybe um, a little more flair like that up front earlier on would have would have uh, would have given us maybe some similar scores um, but I think all through all through uh, you know our thoughts seem to seem to um, get scores easier than we managed to, to create them up front in our situation so uh, you know as I said before the, the best team won on the day yeah so Declan McCabe uh, you know just reinforcing the point that it's a young team that Summerhill has and that uh, they'll they'll have to get back on the horse they're playing under 21 championship tonight the four or five lads off the senior team will be playing under 21 championship tonight and then they have to go out on Sunday and play in a fetch cup final against Gail Column Kill that'll be a, an interesting game to see how both teams approach that game I know Gail Column Kill haven't uh, been training for the last few weeks since they were knocked out of the championship by Retote and uh, I'm sure Summerhill lads uh, their minds were elsewhere during the week so it's a, it's a bit of a at this time of the year everything gets crammed into a tight fixture schedule Kieran and it's it's tough asking boys to go out and play three games in effect three big games effectively in five in seven days yeah it's it's a problem and it's something we're hoping to amend obviously in 2020 like most people's opinion in the GA should be that the your championship should be the pinnacle and once you lose your last championship match that's your year completed yeah there's nothing worse than these mop up league games and B leagues and like 
obviously the under twenty one is probably a different uh, problem with its scheduling. It's starting rather than finishing. Yeah. But fest cups and that should be finished. And we had so many weeks. We we lament about the time in the summer time and missing county players. Like uh, the Mazita Cup seems to be a very popular competition for the ladies, where there's no county players allowed. And maybe the fest cup could be played on a similar style. Maybe not in rule, but in just an ap- application. Like yeah. Fix the games for the summer. Play them and get them in the best weather, best times. But the under twenty one championship is having its I- issues and. The CCC have changed tact and they've gone to a home and away situation because of the, the lack of pitches available with the weather. So that's even posing problems where clubs are not too impressed with they have to try drive up to home venues. But yeah, but yeah. The, we went through it ourselves and the other we are me during the week about the, the amount of players that are crossing over from Summer Hill especially. Yeah. It's gonna be a fairly hectic one to expect us to say the like of Liam Shaw, for example, who's who's an excellent footballer for the seniors to expect yeah. him to be an excellent Let me tell you he's in no condition to play football tonight. <laughs> A nephew, well, I couldn't possibly my, comment on their a nephew, activities. A, a nephew of mine, and I, I've seen a few of them, uh, their, their drowning of their sorrows went on well into the late in, or early in the week, and uh, I'm not sure how much well. But they're young lads, I suppose, they can get, out, get back out, and, and once they get their legs going again, I'm sure it'll be full, full tilt to try and win the Fesh Cup, as it used to be a very prestigious trophy in the county, uh, and I'm sure it's still a, a considered for Summerhill and Kells on, on Sunday, it'll be considered a, a big prize for those 60 minutes. Martin, would uh, uh, you, you remember the Fesh Cup back in your day has been a, oh, a yeah, major the prize? Cup, it was certainly the second most important competition in the county, and uh, you can be sure Summerhill and Kells will take it seriously. The minute that game starts on Sunday, they'll be getting stuck in the, into each other. You expect nothing less. But, you know, I do have certain issues in relation to the under-21 competition. You know, that under-21 competition would have been always known as, you know, uh, it's a development uh, side of the game where, um, you know, you'll, you'll be on the senior team or you'll be on your first team um, the following year or things like that. But as you pointed out, the Billy Shaws and all them are already on it. Yeah, well, you Liam, know, Billy, not quite Billy, but it's a long uh, time yeah. since Billy was under-21. <laughs> he wasn't a bad footballer, it, though, in his un, time. Under-21 stone is what he's yeah. aiming for now. Never mind well, under-21. certainly didn't say that. I just wanted to clarify that, I know, and he's certainly nowhere near it, let but, me tell you. But... But you, I think you might see my point. You know, uh, you've had all these players. They've all been playing matches already this year. You know, any of them that wasn't on Summer Hills first team or in Summer Hills junior team, yeah. an awful lot of them. So, um, to me, this is a competition that I would like to see it brought back to under nineteen, where it would once again have his uh, development uh, side uh, to the game, and that's just my opinion. And plus the fact that the inter county uh, at that age group is under twenty. Mm. It seems rather pointless then having an under twenty one competition that you're not going to okay you're not going to pick out players from an under twenty one competition for an under twenty team. You might the real obviously minors can play under twenty one. Am I right, Kieran, in, in saying yeah, that? Under seven ends up to under twenty. Yeah. yeah, can play. So okay, you might say right there is a, a gap there where a lad might be finished minor just last year and then he can get a couple of years at under twenty one level. But as you said, Martin, it needs to be a developmental thing and and maybe looking at lads that are playing senior football championship and including them in an under-21 championship is a bit harsh on, on them and denying other kids coming through from minor for two or three years, denying them an opportunity maybe to play. Yeah, and then the other side of this, if it was under-19, it certainly could be played in the summertime yeah. as well when, when exams and all those type of things are over. Here you have now at under-21 now, you have uh, lads preparing for Sigiston, Fitzgibbon and all of those. So the year is nearly, we're starting to look at next year very very much now yeah. rather than, than, you know. So I just don't see it fit, how it fits into the calendar and I don't see the merit of it. But that's just my opinion.
Well, there's a lot of talk, Fergal, at the Special Congress, and I've talked to people on the National Coaching and Games Committee and that, and it seems to be that the long-term plan for GA seems to be a move away from under-21, obviously, which has happened already. Yeah. It looks like inter-county football is moving to under-19. It looks like the minor actually will move out under-17 to under-19, potentially, and the, the right. 20s and the minor will amalgamate as under-19. The under-17 will probably be reserved then to the likes of the Father Manning and the Jerry Riley tournaments. Okay. And then at club level, it looks like we're... It's not finalised and the, the fixture committees are looking at it, but it looks like under-19 is going to be the way forward in Mead and it's going to be played potentially on a round robin. Because, it, like, if you're... You say there, like, if you're 17, you get four years under-21. Yeah. That might only be four games in four years if you play for a weak enough team. Yeah. You might get straight knocked out every year. So you play one game every, every October for four years. is not good enough, so... I think going forward we have to guarantee maybe that three games under 19 every year alongside your B leagues, your A leagues, etc. So. Yeah, and I think uh, I know a few of the sports websites, Sports Joe and, and other websites like that have done good articles in the past of, of inter good, excellent inter-county players that never played minor for their county. So, uh, you know, players do develop later um, and if if they can't get a sustained period of games at, at under 21 or at, at a more competitive level maybe at under 19 as if you're a 17 year old then it'll be very hard for them to develop and maybe kick on onto their senior team so they, they sound like good plans ahead Kieran, and it's good to hear that that those options could possibly be coming in um, just to move on to the small ball, um, I know you're the We Are Mead resident small ball expert there, as, as Mickey does like to suggest, but I think Martin there would uh, be hitting the elbow and might at you and might be suggesting that he's more of a small ball expert than you are. But um, he, just, he does nothing about football. So I, I, <laughs> All right, right. I never <laughs> said I knew about hurling either. But, uh, <laughs> like a handball is smaller yeah. than a schlitter as well, so maybe yeah. that's the type of small ball. But look, we've a couple of big games coming up. Um, on Saturday in Trim Martin we alluded to Clannagale playing uh, Cullion of Westmead in the Leinster Junior Club quarter final at half 12 in Trim but the big one on the, on the bill there is Kildalki taking on the awfully senior B champion Seer Kiernan um, in, in the Leinster Intermediate Club now Kildalki were of course our three in a row champions 2009-11 but never won a game in the Leinster competition Kiltail, five in a row champions in Mead, had a decent enough record in Leinster but never got over the line. What's the expectations for Kildalki this time? Um, you know, Kildalki, I would imagine, uh, would be fancying their chances. Now, now, Sir uh, Kieran were uh, once a very big power in Hurland, um, in, um, in Offaly, um, driven by the magnificent Dooley brothers. Uh, the don't have players of that Timmy uh, and is it a push the button not, not quite Timmy road? no, no. <laughs> uh, Joe Dooley and, and his brothers and uh, but uh, they were they were an excellent club side um, I would think they're very much in the rebuilding and now it's great to see them back in the Senior Hurling Championship and awfully you know they, they put an awful lot into it um, they'll be coming to trim on Saturday Um Kildalki will definitely be one to win this game. They will definitely be all up to win this game. The, like the what they've achieved over the last ten or twelve years in Kildalki is phenomenal. You know they're a success story. You know on and off the field. If you look at the number of young people that they bring the games, the number of those blue jerseys, the you know the support they have actually uh, generated for Hurland, Nick Fitzgerald, county manager last year. You know and all of those uh, particular people. I really think they are a credit to the game. So I think that we should type of tomorrow. Um, 
we should type of just forget about which club we're for and go out and support the hurling supporters of County Mead should all go to Trim and support them and hopefully they'll get a good uh, run in it but I am looking forward to the uh, awfully uh, champion Syracuse coming because awfully hurling they always bring that bit of skill that bit of quality with them so it should be a good game in Trim tomorrow It is amazing when you look at the hurling and, and the superpowers in hurling and Mead that they come from such small areas really uh, Trim and Ratolt aside when you look at Longwood who've done really well in Senior Hurling Championship Kiltail obviously five in a row champions um, Kildalki have won four in the la- in this near enough in this decade as well um, and Kilmesson such a powerhouse of hurling and mead it's uh, Ratmaline yeah you want to give that a mention but they've drifted away from the scene for a while there but there's something there's something even more parochial about hurling, isn't there? That gets uh, gets the blood boiling and, and stirs the passions even more so in the small communities. Um I know we, we spoke about Summerhill being a small enough parish, but football is generally uh, you know, their players are drawn the more successful teams are from the bigger areas. Um but and when it comes to hurling, there is something very parochial about it and, and the passion that it brings. Well there is and look, you can say that and Look at small villages, small areas. Look at Mead Hill a couple of years ago. Look at the, you know, when they won the junior. Like it was incredible the amount of people they brought to the game. You know, and I was in um, Ashbourne as I said the other night, and you know, small area, Mile, all the green flags they had there as well. But you know, so maybe the GA is stronger, um, in small. Or rural, I don't like the word rural because there's no such thing as rural anymore. But in small areas, we wouldn't have uh, large populations to pick from. The population in Kildare over the years has grown yeah. as, as well as all our villages are. But but you're right, it's the pride of the parish, it's the pride of the jersey. Thank God that's still alive. Kieran, Kildare bring an amazing intensity to their game and you could see it, um, you could see the, uh, the, the uh, level of intensity as we said in the, both hurling finals against Kiltail I, I think anything less than that on Saturday and they'll find it tough against Sir Kieran. Well the one thing Kildaki will bring is an intensity factor that, that they're renowned for that and that's one thing that's not really left them especially when they've had the success uh, Pat O'Halloran and of course Darla Hart are, are very astute managers tactically but then of course uh, Pat brings a kind of a an eccentricity on the sideline that is unrivaled maybe in a lot of places and it does work he he, he pushes the, his players to the limits and they go they go to places probably that some clubs don't want to go to with the work rate and the maybe even the self self pain that they put themselves through but they have some great hurlers to back it up like Paddy Keneally's had a great club season uh, even uh, Sean Heavey was probably dropped a little bit maybe at some games throughout the year but he had an excellent replay and uh, Podge Gag in the middle of the field, like you name it, they they've got lads that just love the game of hurling, and I think that's indicative of their whole parish and area. Like I coached in the cool camps there two summers ago, I think three summers ago, when they they were stuck for a coach, not too stuck. The dump for Mark, we got trying to dig there. He was he was gearing must up. have been stuck. <laughs> but it was actually great to see uh, uh, so many kids interested in hurling. Like it was unreal. Like that is it was a pleasure to coach them youngsters because they actually really wanted to play the game. It yeah. Was well, no, None of this idea of playing uh, soccer or anything like that it was hurling only. And that was <laughs> they are regular winners at the, in the coming of months goal as well at Division 1 in Camogie and football. So, you know, it's not by accident that Kildaki have had the success mm. they've had. Um, and 
they mix up their youth and experience as well. So you, you talk about Podger Gagan and Sean Heavey, um, but when you throw in Paddy Potterton and Nicky Potterton and the two Healy's into the equation there as well, and the, Paddy Keneally is, is by no means an outfella either, I know, but he just brings a wealth of experience. And uh, Mark McCormick has a great story as well. The goalkeeper, he was a sub with Trim when they last won a, a Jubilee Cup in 2001 and just never got back into the winner's enclosure with with Trim and moved out to Kildaki, his father's home place, I suppose, and um, is asked to come in and and help out after Paul Fagan had a, a heart attack, of course, the goalkeeper there for, for Kildaki, and he was involved with Mead as well. And thankfully, Paul is good and, and all is well with him. He's getting back to playing hurling. But there's a great story behind Mark McCormick, and someday we'll, we'll get to tell it. And he's, uh, he's had a rough year, and I was delighted, particularly personally, to see Mark win in a Senior Hurling Championship medal. Um, a couple of other games on as well, Kieran. Of course, on Saturday you've got the Junior Two hurling final uh, between St Pat's and Nafina in Partholchen at three o'clock. It's good to see them in, in on the main stage. Yeah, the, the game was originally postponed. It was due to be the Sunday before the county final replay. Yeah, and unfortunately, there was a bereavement in Nafina, which led to the postponement. And obviously, we our our thoughts are with the family and all in this. T- it's not easy afterwards, but everyone kind of goes back to their daily business not easy to carry on but the GA is a great uh, a great family organisation and community and they all come together and hopefully I think St Pat's and Nafina now this junior too it's the first team for St Pat's second team for Nafina yeah. Nafina obviously making great inroads and they're pushing themselves at the senior level getting the quarter finals so I think that comes usually first team success is followed by or, or very much closely followed by second team success and a depth of a squad so it'll be interesting to see like I know, for example, their their full forward line is Keen, Brendan, and Will Flynn. Like a lot of them lads have played senior, or they're coming near the panel. Some of their lads are gushing coffee. A few lads like they're, they're around panels and that. But it'd be interesting then. The likes of St Pat still have J P Ryan, who's been centre back for a long time yeah. there. A fella probably, if he was in another club, probably would have played county and would have probably went on like he was a serious player. There's a few lads there like Jockey Finnegan. I think he and did Neil play O'Flaherty. county. I think JP Ryan might have played county. Did he play? That's what he played briefly, had. but did he play for a long time? I think. No, See, no. that was the thing. It's very hard when you're coming from a junior club. When Mead had a junior hurling team, when Mead were, yeah. were winning All Ireland junior titles, I think JP might have played with the Mead junior hurlers. Um, but it, I, I've noticed that with St. Pat's, they've won the junior two a couple of times and gone up to junior and struggled in junior and maybe uh, dropped out of hurling altogether for a year and then come back in and they win the junior two and. Um, it's they're they're doing their best to get hurling going up in that end of the county. They really are. They're they're plugging away at it, and uh, you know while Nafina are good, obviously a good strong second team there as well. It's it's great to see a team's a development club, I suppose, so a club that's trying to develop hurling in their area. It's great for them to be in finals and, and possibly well winning. Uh, juvenile level, so the St Pat's and Colum Kills are joined up, and they've kind of dubbed themselves the Saints is their kind of their title yeah. and they've actually they won a Leinster under 15 league I think this year I know it was one the lower divisions but they won that and they've, they've been in a few B finals and C finals at underage so uh, it's probably I know I've challenged the clubs up there saying how come you can put in four football teams and you have to go you only have half a hurling team Yeah. but I think that's slowly changing too there's more input and more input at the go games level and it won't be long, I think, until we have at least one dedicated team from each team up there on the East Coast. And then hopefully they'll continue to grow and grow and grow. Because it's such a such a wealth of talent over there in football. It's like 
it's an obvious thing to say, but if they're good enough to play football, they'll be well. Yeah, they, they should be athletic enough to, yeah. to compete at a decent level in hurling as well. Yeah, um, the curtain raiser to the Fesh Cup final on Sunday in Partolchen. Uh, is the Junior C final which uh, Junior C and Junior D finals always provide great entertainment I find um, Waterstown against Dunderry um, I know the Junior D final between Wolf Tones and St Column Kills was a hugely entertaining game now the quality of football isn't the highest and I wouldn't expect the quality of football between Waterstown and Dunderry to be top class either but their top class players playing for both teams or in their day they were top class players and uh, plenty of entertainment in that one, Kieran, as well. You'd expect expect yeah. to see. Yeah, and it, it's kind of thing that you don't see too many B panels. For example, Waterstown have, have thirty four players on their panel. Yeah, not too often you see that, and I think that's probably a return maybe to some of their 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 old days where they were a big senior club. And I think that's only a matter of time as well that Waterstown do it on the first team. Like there's a lad there, um, Adam Barrett, of course, was part of a Mead minor panel before. Uh, some lads for example like David Maguire were, were first team footballers for a long time yeah. for Walterson then for example on the Dundry team some of the lads like Christopher Sherald is playing midfield he, he would have been starting on the hurling team Cormac Brady Declan Mahan you know, who obviously would have played for a long time there too there's a couple of hearts there as well Shamey's playing Shamey's Hart is Shamey's playing Hart, Colm Hart there's yeah. a few lads there like those, I'd say I'm not sure if Colm Hart has a senior championship medal, but he definitely was uh, part of Dunderry when they were senior footballers and Colm would have played under 21, for, or Seamus would have played under 21 for Mead as well. So there's plenty of quality in both teams and it's sure to be uh, an interesting game of football as well. And, yeah, yeah, I think I read Fergal somewhere during the week that uh, Walterstown hasn't actually won an adult competition for over 30 years. Which is really, which which really yeah. wouldn't be good for a club like uh, a famed uh, football club who are winning Leinster's and competing at all Ireland level in the club championships in the past and had great, great players like the Eamon Barrys and the O'Sullivans and uh, all of those in the past. So it really would be good to see them uh, to start winning competitions again. They competed very well in intermediate football championship out there. So they love their football in Waterstown and it would be good to see them back. Well, there's some great names when you look down through the, the list. When you look at uh, the Walterstown team and you see, you know, Kit Reynolds is listed amongst the subs there as well. Conor Maguire is there. Uh, there's some great names of, of the past for Walterstown and I'm sure they're still enjoying the football. And the same with Dunderry. And when you look at Darren Callahan, Kenny Fay, uh, Andy Coogan, Gary Walsh, these boys have given a lot of years to Dunderry football and one name there, number 21, he'd be nearly worth the admission fee alone if we can see Paul Bugle Bartley lines out for Dunderry at all. That'd be a, a great one. Paul is my vintage, let's just put it that way and uh, he's still a super athlete and well able to play and uh, a real testament of what, what the Junior C and Junior D grades can be about offering young fellas an opportunity, a pathway to senior football and giving the Owlads just a, a chance to maybe you know, let the light fade out slowly under under footballing careers. But to be playing in junior yeah, C yeah, finals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a bugle it could well be. All right, yeah, yeah, it certainly could be. Um, it was just one thing, Fergal. I wanted to say, and I want to give credit to your own newspaper oh, um, and for the coverage it gave. And I think anyone who was in Park Tolton over the weekend would see one of the most emotional, one of the most sporting gestures I have seen from a GEA club, and that was the number thing. You know the presentation uh, with uh, John O'Brien. You know I think Number deserve 
absolutely uh, great credit um, for it and it was very emotional and it just showed the pride of the club, the pride of the parish and the pride of everybody associated with the GEA and deserve great credit and your own newspaper covered it, covered that particular story as well this week. Yeah, and so I meant, well done. I, I meant to say that, thanks Martin, I meant to say that to Kieran as well and it was good initiative, a good foresight there to bring the presentation down onto the pitch. Obviously John O'Brien is wheelchair bound following his accident uh, a few years ago and uh, a brilliant touch from the Nobber Club to uh, to you know present the cup to to John as the t- as the club captain and Brian Farrell and uh, it was the other Gordon who was the other joint captain along with uh, the joint Brian. captains were Brendan Heffern and Brendan Heffern and Brian Farrell the club captain was John O'Brien so yeah Martin it was great and of course you had um, a touch of nostalgia then or poignancy about Retote's win as well uh, where they remembered their great clubman uh, Ronan Cal. Um, and I'm going to play just a little interview that I did with uh, Davy Byrne after the senior final, uh, where Davy made reference to Ronan Cahill, who unfortunately died um, in September, I think it was. And uh, but he was an inspiration to the Retoat players and a real great club man around the place, and somebody that brought a hell of a lot of positivity to Retoat. And he's badly missed and really sorely missed around the club. But he provided the inspiration for those players. And as you can hear Davey mention in this interview, uh, just how, how important Ronan Cahill's influence was on the team. There's a, a particular person I'd just like to mention, yeah. uh, Ronan Cahill Pep, uh, a great guy of ours. He's a great footballer, he's a great club man. He was with us this year. Uh, sadly, Ronan passed away in September from cystic fibrosis. And we'd like to dedicate today's win for Ronan. 20 years of age, he passed away. But he, he's been he's best friends with, with Connell, um, the under-21 captain. And uh, yeah, the lads, but I, I saw a tightness there and a bond and a, a unity that I've never seen in any other team. And, and to see that and for those lads to come through that. Um, the day that Ronan passed away, uh, we had a chat with his mum about playing our last group game in the championship the following day. And to, to a family, to the family, they, they agreed uh, unequivocally to play the game and to a man that the panel of players wanted to play that game on behalf of Ronan. Um, so Ronan was with us and has been with us since and will be with us in the future. Yeah, so that was Retoat manager Davy Byrne paying his own little tribute to Ronan Cahill who uh, passed away in September. Uh, and after talking to Davy just a little bit about Ronan there, I asked him then about the game and uh, how well they recovered from the slow start from the concession of that goal. So uh, here's the rest of the Davy Byrne interview. But they got the early goal. The fact that you responded so quickly with a goal as well, yeah. that really helped you settle, didn't it? It surely did, yeah. And, and we spoke about it. Uh, we trained for it. Uh, we knew there was going to be stages where Summerhill would, would, would get the advantage on us. I didn't think it'd be after 25 seconds mm. or, or, or whenever the goal was scored. But we bounced back well and... Uh, uh, I think our next attack, we got the penalty and aim and dispatched it really well. Was it a near-perfect performance from your group? No. Was there bits that you weren't happy with? Oh, no, no, no. Sure, we went in a half-time and, and we, we, got some, we got some data back from our first half performance. And our numbers on our targets are way down. So, by no means was it a, a vintage performance. Uh, we done well. We done well, but there was so much more in them. Um, we showed that in the next 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes of the second half. And then... We, we, we put on our last two substitutions uh, with five or six minutes to go and then two of our backs, our centre-back Gavin McGowan and our wing-back Jack Gillespie 
tough knocks. Yeah. So we struggled a wee bit, and it was a little bit of panic, and, and Summerhill come back and got one two without reply. But look, it's, uh, it's it, it was it was excellent. The, the guys tried their heart out. It didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but you can't fault the effort and, and, and the performance. In fairness to the guys, for yourself personally, you've had a lot of success with Retoat since you've come to Retoat, and you've had a, a good bit of success as well at inter-county level. How does today rank amongst everything that you've done? Today is is just it's, it's brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of my management team, backroom team, of the players. Uh, I'm a lucky manager, you could say. But uh, look, a lot of work has gone in. The lads were hungry today and uh, thankfully we got the result. There was nothing lucky about today. And I, but as you said, you didn't hit all your targets. So that's a scary thought going forward. And as you said, average age, when you take out the alpha, is, is only 21 or 22 yeah. years of age. It's scary, really, where you could go if, if, yeah. it's, if it yeah. keeps rolling. Well, the, again, phenomenal talent in the club. Uh, these guys have got great culture from a, a young age. We know what they're capable of. Uh, in fits and bursts, we've done well and we've hit our numbers. But overall, um, there's so much more from the team. But uh, look, at, in fairness to Summerhill, they gave it a right crack as well. Uh, a great team, great, great team. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pleasing in the end to just get over the line. We're not just a MeGA podcast here as well, even though we have two of the high-ranking officials of the the bureaucracy in here with us. But uh, a big ga- big game tonight in Bally Buffet, lads. I'm not sure if you'd be aware of it. With Drawdy United taking on Finn Harps in the division or first division and Premier of the League of Ireland relegation playoff, relegation promotion playoff. Drawdy United managed, of course, by trim man Tim Clancy. Uh, and there's a Luke McNally from Enfield scored a hat-trick um, in the playoff against Cabin Teeley to get them into this playoff final. Um, so it's a huge game for Trim's uh, Tim Clancy and for Enfield's Luke McNally as well. So they take a 1-0 lead into Bally Buffet. So just want to wish Drawdy United the best of luck in that as they try to get up to the Premier Division. Uh, Tim Clancy is... Uh, a well-known from a well-known soccer family in Trim, but he's uh, turned out in the intermediate hurling championship this year for Kiltail. So he uh, he likes to uh, keep fit as he does, but he uses the hurling there just to keep fit. Also, best of luck to uh, Colin Keane as he chases down Donnick O'Brien in the race for the national flat top jockey flat top flat jockey. Uh, I think he's still four behind, four or five behind heading in. I think this is the last weekend. Martin would would have been saying I that. I think so, right Fergal. Yeah, but. Despite all of that, like the number of Group One winners, uh, Group winners and listed winners this year, like Colin Keel is a superstar, and uh, he really is a credit to the Keen family. I know his father was big, uh, still big into the racing. Yeah. So Colin really is a superstar from Trim. I know he's going to be the number one jockey for the Godolphin team uh, next year in Ireland. So you know he re- he is going places, and we're going to hear uh, a lot more about him. He's won the title already. You know, and yeah, I'm he sure, won I'm it. He, sure. he won it a couple of years ago yeah. with a hundred winners, yeah. and he already has a hundred and two or three winners this year. It just goes to show that to have two jockeys riding, you know, over a hundred winners each is remarkable. It's incredible, and with Colm, you know, I know uh, he's with Chair Lines and. Uh, Geraldine's is a fantastic stable out there, but he doesn't have the power of of Coolmore where Donnacha O'Brien uh, has. So to be only four uh, behind, it's an incredible achievement. And you know I've said it already, but uh, Colm Keane is definitely going. To, he's at the very top of uh, his game at the moment. He sure is, and we and we want to wish him the best of luck. And of course, there's racing on um, in Navin coming up in the next couple of weeks as well with the. Uh, 
for Tria Chase is on on Sunday the 10th of November and then the, the 100,000 euro Tritown Chase on Sunday the 24th of November so plenty of, of action on the sports just talking about Race of Fergal D don't forget in uh, a couple of weeks time four weeks time oh, for yep. Sunday in Mead uh, coming in the, um, in December the annual Mead uh, GEA race day will take place um, in Ferry House there are tables still available so if you want to go uh, contact any member of the racing committee or any member of the county board we do need your support it's a very important race day and fundraiser for it and most importantly it's a great day out and just to finish up as well we want to wish Nab and Matneys the best of luck in the ladies uh, Leinster Club Junior Football Final this weekend they're playing Kilcock in Kinnegad on Sunday at 2 o'clock so um, won the Mead Junior title very impressively this year they're a good strong team plenty of representatives on the Mead Senior team as well um, so they'll have a very strong shout of winning the Leinster a ladies Leinster Junior Club title as well as I said taking on Kilcock in Kinnegad on Sunday lads it's been a pleasure uh, having you in with me thanks for joining me I know we know Jimmy today but uh it takes two to fill Jimmy's boots and uh, it couldn't be two better, man. Me, P.R.O., Kieran Flynn and Leinster, GAA, P.R.O., Martin Holland. Thanks a million for joining me. I'm Fergal Lynch and we've been trying to talk a good game. <laughs>